Good morning. 75 years. Let's give it up. I mean, come on. Unreal. I mean, the history, the legacy, all the things that we're learning as we're going through and studying and, and seeing what people are part of. I love watching some of the older pictures and video, and they're like, hey, that's so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, my word, that's crazy. They're, they're a kid right there. It's, it's amazing uh, just to see the legacy throughout the years of, of a church that's just been faithful. A church that's been serving and just answering the call to Adrian and to what God has called us to do here. So 75 years, we're excited to celebrate with you this month. We're excited about all the, the stories, videos, and the, and, the, and the little surprises that we have, and all the guest speakers and people like that. So uh, we're excited to celebrate. We want you to be a part, so make sure you're here throughout September as we celebrate those things. Um, and another big thing, potluck. Let's give it up for potluck. Am I right? Am I right? I've always wanted to make people clap for a potluck, and I just checked that off my bucket list. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, so yes, we got a potluck following after. Um, and so please enjoy, you know, join us for that. It's going to be a fun time out there. It is a little hot outside, but hey, that's okay. We'll have some fun. And so uh, just a little quick update. Pastor uh, Brian did make it to Surinam. He is there safely. I believe he made it in like at 1.30 sometime in the night, and he has to speak this morning. So be praying for him. Just go ahead and right now say a little prayer in your breath for him because, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, crazy to be able to make that turn around. And, and you know, when you, when, you, when you fly, it wears you out even more. So uh, just be praying for him. We're excited about the things that's, that God's going to do down there. There's got to be good things happening down there because of all the struggles that happened for Pastor Brian on the way down there. If any of you follow his uh, Facebook feed, you saw that one of the engines caught fire on his airplane. Um, I actually had a little kid come up to me this morning in kids' ministry and goes, Hey, I heard one of the staff, uh, a plane caught on fire and they crashed. <laughs> I was like, well, not Half that story is true. So uh, they didn't crash, but it did catch on fire. Um, and so, but they, he did make it safely. He is there and, uh, and serving. So uh, we'll just say a prayer for him. And so this morning, I'm excited to be able to introduce a close friend of mine, someone that I love very much, that is going to be our very first speaker for this month. Uh, this guy first att started attending Bethany in 1964 as a junior hire. He graduated from high, Adrian High School in 1969. He married, he married, I'm going to give you all, this, all the stats so you have them all. He married his Bethany sweetheart, Jenny Cook, in December of 1972. Graduated from Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri in 1974. He youth pastored for two years in Springfield and moved to Portland, Michigan, and did a church plant for 10 years there, then pastored in Mount Pleasant for a short time, finally moving back to Adrian in 1987, one year after I was born. <laughs> no problem, thought I'd help you out there. Uh, and, have been, and has been at Bethany ever since, 22 years over building. So this guy knows about serving like no one else. He has been here in the nitty-gritty going through, you know, cleaning everything from toilets to carpets to all kinds of stuff. He's got a servant heart in every way, uh, over grounds. And in the last eight years has been leading on the pastoral staff as our care pastor. And if anybody knows this guy, you know his heart is all about serving. And, uh, and that's what he speaks. And he speaks life into everything that he says. And if you ever ask him what's up, he will say, the sky, you, and me. 
is his, his answer to every, every time you ask that. Literally, try it every time I do. Every time I talk to him, I always say, what's up? Just to make sure that he answers that way. Uh, so this morning, without further ado, give it up for Pastor Ron Sparks. I almost, thought he was I almost thought he was introducing the wrong guy. <clears throat> and by the way, Pastor Braley, you could have went a little lighter on the dates. I mean, you kind of seem to really hit those hard. Uh, I just want to say how blessed that I really am uh, to be on the staff and the team of Bethany, my home church. Uh, it's, it has been a... It is a fun ride. I love doing what I do. Uh, God is faithful. But you know what? I'm not only blessed, church. We are blessed. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of pastors and, and served under pastors. And, and I'll tell you what, that God has sent to us, Pastor Brian and Kasha and Jordan and Gabe and Josiah, we are blessed. We really are. Yes, we are. We love you guys. And uh, it's been kind of interesting. Pastor Brian's dad, Hollis, uh, just had surgery on Friday. Uh, by the time they got back home from that and he packed, uh, or I'm not sure if it's he packed or you packed and he just kind of walked. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, it was like 3.30 in the morning by the time he got to bed, and they flew out. He flew out at 8 o'clock that morning. And, uh, and then, of course, you heard the, the engine caught fire, but uh, they were safe. I believe God has a lot of things in store for them because you see the enemy fighting that, and that's usually a good sign. So I think it would be great if we just um, stopped and had prayer right now for Pastor, that just the anointing of the Lord would be upon him as he ministers there in Suriname. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the giftings that you have given to Bethany. We are so blessed. Now, God, we pray over our pastor. We thank you, Lord, that you have opened the door and you have called him on this missions trip and you have purposes and plans, things you want to speak into him, things you want to speak through him. Father, as he ministers the word there in Suriname, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that he would plant seeds that will become a harvest for years to come in that area. Lord, we pray for the missionary, Steve Puffpath, God. We pray for that right knee, that, Lord, that meniscus would be healed in the name of Jesus and there would be no problems from it. So, God, we thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. What a great crowd this morning. I want to thank you for coming out and celebrating our very first Sunday of our 75th anniversary this month. I'd like to invite you to go on a journey with me. I'm going to take you on a journey of my story. But it's not really just about my story. It's about Bethany. And so I'm going to kind of weave back and forth and kind of interconnect my story and Bethany's story. Because they both have one thing in common, and that's the word serving. Bethany has been a serving church 
serving one another, serving our community, serving the vision that God has given to us. And so I kind of want to take that journey. And because serving has been such a misunderstood concept in the church, I'd like to share some scriptural principles and practices that God gives us concerning serving. I started coming to Bethany in 19... <clears throat> See, now that's what Braley should have done. Uh, for those who couldn't understand, interpret that, it was 1964. I was a junior in high school. Now it's middle school, but it was junior high back then. Do you know I never got to be the honcho guy in my junior high? Because junior high was 7th, 8th, and ninth and then you went to the high school. Well, they changed that the year that I'm supposed to be ninth grade. And they changed it to the high school, so I was on the bottom again. Never got to enjoy the top. Um, they had a really active youth group here at Bethany, and the lead pastor, Art Clay, was a really neat guy. He loved people. He showed such a caring spirit for everybody, even the youth. And it was in my high school years that I witnessed from Pastor Art what it looked like to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember going to church camp, Fahola Park, Grass Lake, and I went to senior high camp and the summer before my senior year. And there at camp, God called me into the ministry. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. So I came home after that week, and I began to share with, with Pastor Clay that I felt and sensed that God had called me into ministry. It was absolutely amazing to me, his response. Because I had no clue what that meant or looked like, and upon arriving home and sharing that with Pastor Clay, he took me to the Bixby Hospital as a senior in high school and paved the way for me to go visit patients in the hospital. And then he got a guy in the church whose name was Rolf Makel, who was a board member and a professor at Adrian College. And he hitched me up with him, and on early Sunday mornings, him and I and a Baptist and a Nazarene would go to the Lenaway County Jail and have a service every Sunday morning and tell them about Jesus. Incredible. I learned a valuable lesson under Pastor Art Clay. It's a biblical principle concerning serving, and here it is. Serving is a choice. Serving is a choice. It's a choice that every single one of us must make. Listen to Joshua 24, verses 14 through 24. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, then choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, 
You, you familiar with this? Say it with me. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Pastor Art ch chose to serve to invest in me. And without me even realizing it, at that moment, I began to be drawn to choose serving as well. It's a choice we all must make individually. Why wouldn't everyone serve, choose to serve the Lord? Well, I think there's, in my observation down through the years, I think there's been some, some reasons. One is, it's better to be served than to serve. You know, there's something about every one of us that likes to feel and be important. And when we're being served, we feel important. And somehow the enemy has kind of snuck into the church and has kind of put in our heads uh, the thinking of the old man, the thinking of the way the world thinks. And God says, no, that, that's, that's not the case at all. Listen to Matthew 20, verse 27. Jesus tries to tell us that. He says, and whosoever would be first among you shall be your servant. And in Matthew 23, 11, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Jesus is trying to help us to understand that it's not about me. It's about others. There is, I tell you what, folks, you want to come alive, start serving. There's something about it that just gets in your heart. It comes back and blesses you. It fuels you to even do more for the Lord. So, to be honest with you, cut the chase, hit the mustard. It's really stinking thinking to think it's better to be served than to serve. It's exactly the opposite. Here's another reason. I'm not sure I can fully follow Jesus. Listen to John 12. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Again, Jesus trying to share with us and help us to understand the beauty and the blessing of serving. Here's another one. This one is close to my heart. I've been hurt by people. No more. No more. Because, see, you can't serve without there being others involved. You can't serve without there being people. And I'd ask how many have been in this room have ever been hurt by somebody, uh, but I'm not. But I would, have, uh, I would not be surprised if every single hand wouldn't go up. I know what it's like to be hurt by people. Upon sensing God's release from our church plant in Portland, we went to Portland in 1976 and did a church plant there. We're there for just shy of 10 years and loved it. Absolutely loved it. If you don't know where that's at, it's between Lansing and Grand Rapids on I-96. Small rural community, Catholic, German town, a little over 5,000 people. Loved it. But after about 10 years, I felt like something was stirring in my heart. I was like I always had to keep pumping myself up, and I thought, this isn't, this isn't right. What's going on here? And finally discovered that God was dealing with us about 
moving us. So we went from Portland to a college town here in Michigan. Lots of great opportunities and potential. We envisioned being there for 20 years and in reality wound up being there 16 months. 16 months. And we finally came to the point where we realized that God had released us from there. Didn't know where I was going. Didn't know what I was going to do. Um, my wife wanted to come back home, Bethany, Adrian. But I knew a lot of you people. Now, that's not real bad, but it's not real good. Well, what is it? Well, it is what it is. I didn't want 20 million people asking me, well, Ron, how come you're back? What's going on with you? Why aren't you pastoring? No, I didn't want to go there. So I made my wife a deal, and I put out a fleece to the Lord, and I said, now, Lord, if you want us back in Adrian, then we're going to take off a day while the kids are in school, and we're going to come down to Adrian, and if, we can, if I can find a job and a place to live in one day, then I'm going to know that's you. <laughs> Don't make fleeces with the Lord. <laughs> I'm standing here because he favored my wife over me. I got the job and we got a place to stay. It was tough. I, uh, I came briefly to a point that I really came to a few months later, which I'll share later on, but I literally went from a Bible and a pulpit to a Johnny Mott. Now, some of you don't have a clue what a Johnny Mop is because your hand's never been on one. <laughs> but I am here to guarantee you that there isn't a person in this room that wants to sit on a dirty toilet. But there's very few who want to clean it. I went to, to Myers, third shift maintenance for a year probably the hardest year of my life matter of fact i remember very vividly three sundays in a row i had to work from 11 at night to 7 in the morning so i could come to church on sunday which started at i think it was 10 o'clock back then so i was up all night toothpicks wouldn't even hold them open sometimes and I missed three Sundays in a row because I either wasn't feeling good or I came up with some kind of an excuse. And finally, after the third week, my wife, as only she could do, looked at me on the third Sunday morning and she said, Honey, you better get your act together because you're backsliding. Now, that's just what you want to hear. And my righteous indignation stood up, and I said, I am not. And the Lord whispered all the next week, yes, you are. 
And I had to have a little prayer time and a little repentance in my life. So I know what it's like to be hurt. Which really brings me to the second lesson that I have learned from the scriptures on what it means to serve. Serving is costly. Don't get on the track of serving if you don't want to pay a cost because there's a cost to be paid. Look at John chapter 15, verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Do you know what Jesus is telling us? He's telling us that if he, the master, found serving costly, then certainly we, his servants, will find it costly as well. Do you know that you and I sit here at Bethany and experience what we experience because there were many who paid a price, who paid a cost for us to get here? There were several nights and days when people in this church would go and work all day long and they would come over here to this building after work and work until midnight or into the morning doing things to build this building. I think of a young pastor, Pastor Bill Leach, still wet behind the ears, who led Bethany in the mandate to build on this property. Can you imagine yourself being in your late 20s, early 30s, and you are the one responsible, and you sign on the dotted line back in 1976 for three quarters of a million dollar loan? Wow. I wonder how many sleepless nights he had I wonder how many monumental challenges he faced in this building program. Uh, those that go way back will remember we were pioneering the church in Portland during the building of this building. Matter of fact, they started this building the same year, 1976, that we started our church plant. And I can remember a time where there was a lot of uproar because we weren't hiring union workers. And so they came and they picketed out in front of the church and they had to bring in the semi-trucks with supplies of a night to even get them on the property. And yet, Pastor Leach remained true and faithful to serving. Aren't you glad he did? I'm glad he did, yes. It's costly. I too learned that serving is not only a personal choice, but it's costly. After working at Myers for a year, I started in December, and the following December, my boss pulled me aside one night and she said, Ron, they're gonna be building a brand new Myers store on Carpenter Road in, Lant or in Ann Arbor. And I would like to put your name in to be transferred there as the supervisor of the third shift maintenance people. Is that okay with you? I said, well, let, me, let me pray about that. 
I said, I'll get back with you. So I began to talk to the Lord about it, and I can't explain this other than to say that I know what I know in my heart. And it was, it was like God was saying to me, okay, you have a choice to follow me and get more back into my church or you can take that job. But if you take that job, I don't know where you're going to wind up. So I went to my boss and I said, you know, thank you, but no thanks. Two weeks later, on a Wednesday night, Pastor Leach invites my wife and I out for a snack after church. And he says, Ron, he says, we have been 11, bil- 11 years in this building and we've always had part-time people. There's some changes that are being made with some of those part-time people and I just have felt in my heart that it's time for us to put on a full-time person over the building and grounds. Will you consider that? You didn't get what he just asked me, did you? It went way over your head. But it didn't mind because now I'm really faced with the dilemma. And here's the dilemma. I am called of God. I am fully credentialed and an ordained pastor. I have youth pastored. I have planted a church. I have pastored another church. And you're asking me to pick up a Johnny Mop? To get on staff at Bethany? This is my calling. I said, well, let me pray about this. That's not a good thing either. Well, it is, but (laughs) if you want your way, it's not a good thing. And so after about a week of struggling with it and talking with my wife and my kids and I mean, I knew what the answer was. And so, finally, uh, I got back with Pastor Bill, and I said, yeah. I said, we'll be on board. When I came back to Bethany, I, uh, one of my bosses was a guy that I was in college with. He and I even roomed one semester together. He even dated my wife before I married her. Now he's my boss. How bad can it get? Now, you know, you laugh at that, and that's, that's okay. I understand that, because you ain't in my shoes. If you'd have been in my shoes, you wouldn't have been laughing. But I want you to know that as challenging and costly as it was, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Wouldn't trade it for the world. I learned a lot of things. It is costly. I learned some lessons as well from another of our pastors that served here at Bethany. His name was Pastor Rich Clay. I spoke earlier about his dad, Art Clay. Think of it. You're a homespun boy from Bethany. 
and God calls you back to your home church to pastor it. To many, it wasn't rich clay. It was Dickie Clay, who used to run the halls of the church and played football and baseball in high school. You know, I think Jesus really pinned it well when, when he talked about what Pastor Rich must have went through. Listen to what he says. A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. I personally saw the struggles and the cost Pastor Rich paid in serving Jesus on his home turf. I can't imagine the weight of responsibility he must have felt in continuing on the legacy, not only that his father left behind, but that Bill Leach left as well. Pastor Rich served this Bethany body for 20 years. Isn't that neat? Yeah. You know, sometimes when the cost is being paid, it seems too great a cost, and we're tempted to quit serving. Yet to the sold-out believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is not an option. They see things differently than most people. They know what God can do with and through them. I think this story illustrates it well. Let me read it to you. On my way home one day, I stopped to watch a little league baseball game that was being played in a park near my home. As I sat behind the bench on the first baseline, I asked one of the boys what the score was. We're behind, 14 to nothing, he answered with a smile. Really, I said. I have to say, you don't look very discouraged. Discouraged, the boy asked with a puzzled look on his face. Why should we be discouraged? We haven't come up to bat yet. <laughs> I like that. I've got some great news, Bethany, since those tough times I've been up to bat, and it might have been 14 to zip at one time, but it's not now. Folks, you can never lose when you become a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you just keep on serving no matter what. You just keep serving. If the devil can't keep you from choosing to serve, then he'll make the cost seem so high that you want to quit paying the cost and stop serving. Yes, in order to serve, you must choose to do so. And once you've chosen to serve, you must be willing to pay the price. Because serving will cost you. How much? I don't know. Does it really matter? What matters is that you are in for the long haul. That's what matters. And that brings me to the final principle that I want to talk about today about serving. Serving is continual. You know one thing that I've learned 
in all these years of serving is that it's never done. Never done. Now, in a few minutes, we're going to dismiss, and you're going to go out there, and you're going to get blessed. Some of you will get blessed a whole lot more than others. And we'll know about it because we'll see it. But do you know what? We will enjoy that because of a beautiful sight that I saw yesterday morning. You see, to me, titles really don't mean a whole lot. Now, they used to be. When I did that church plant, uh, Kasha, I really had my sign on my door and my desk. They were shined really good. Reverend Ronald Sparks. Now, if you call me Reverend, I'm going to get on you like a tick on a hound dog. Because I ain't no more reverent. Oh, it's terrible English. But I'm no more reverent than you are. He is reverent. So, so I was here yesterday morning. Brought my grandson with me. And we came over, and there must have been 20, 30 people here helping to take out tables and chairs and set up and do this and blow up the balloons. And I tell you, it was a beautiful sight. I, I love to see God's people come together and serve. There's something about it. There really, really is. It's continual. When, I, when it comes to serving, you're never finished. There is always something to be done. My, my, my. During the 22 years that I served, there were always something to be done. And I had a faithful sidekick for 15 of those 22 years, and her name was Hollywood. How many remember Holly? Oh, what a sweetheart she was. Oh, the trouble and the things I used to get her into. Oh. Back in the old days, we would be here till 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, Cleaning carpets. We would scrub and wax floors. We would paint rooms. Believe it or not, there were a lot of things we did that weren't in my job description. And one of them I very vividly remember is a dead pregnant doe right out there by the drive coming in. You saw it coming in, you saw it going out, and everybody that drove by saw it. Well, I figured, no problem. I'll just call the, uh, the, the, the county, and they'll send somebody out to get it. You kidding me? I called everybody I knew and their uncle, and nobody wanted to come and get that pregnant, dead, bloated deer. So Holly and I got a pickup truck, went out there, and she's on the front part, and I'm on the other part. And we push this thing up into it, and we take it and dispose of it. You see, it's never done. Never, ever done. I, uh, we, 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 we've gotten bats out of the church up on top floor. Now, probably nobody will ever want to go upstairs again. It was kind of funny, uh, Brother Chad, and I, I tell you, I don't know if you realize this or not, but uh, he, he will make me look like I'm sitting. Uh, he, he's the one that God called to take 
uh, the reins of the building and ground, and, and he's doing a tremendous job. I just love and appreciate him so much. <laughs> Got a good heart, uh, uh, and I, I appreciate him a lot. But uh, he came to me the other day, and he said, Pastor, <laughs> like he's telling me something new. <clears throat> um, You'll never believe what happened to me the other day. I said, what happened to you? He says, I was walking upstairs, and he says, I went by down the hall, and in one of the rooms, you know how the doors are kind of sunken? He says, I looked up, and, he, and I looked again, and here's a bat hanging right at the doorway. I just kind of looked at him and smirked and said, yep, I've had a few of those. <laughs> I remember one time, I don't know how many of you remember when Pastor Dave Daniel was here. Uh, he was over our bus ministry and, and a lot of our children's kind of things. And uh, I remember one night about 8 o'clock, I get a call at home. And, uh, hey, hey uh, Ron, there's a bat in the gym, the event center now, but it was the gym back then. I said, okay, okay I'll be right over. So I walk over, or I drive over, and I walk in the doors, and you'll never believe what I saw. Here's Pastor Dave Downs, only a children's pastor, no offense, uh, Pastor Braley, but only a children's pastor could be this creative. He is standing there in the middle of the gym with this great big bazooka squirt gun, rifle thing, and he is squirting at this bat, and he's soaking the tile. What's up with this? So, we got the bat out, and I didn't use a squirt gun. You know, it's never done. I remember on a Sunday morning, 15 minutes before the service is to end, and I have somebody coming in to get me, and uh, the reason they got me is because there was a child that was running through the foyer to make it to the bathroom because their stomach wasn't feeling very well. And so here was this little trail of lumpies on the carpet. Now in 15 minutes, you all are going to track it and grind it in the, in the carpet. So I get up and I run out and I'm, I'm on my knees and, and, and back then we dressed a little differently than now. And uh, so uh, I, I had a suit on and, and uh, I'm, I'm on my knees and I'm getting up this vomit and there's a guy in the foyer and he's giving me this song and dance. Boy, Ron, I, I'm really sorry, man. I... I I feel really sorry for you. And I looked up at him and I said, why do you feel sorry for me? Well, I mean, look, you're in a suit and you're cleaning up puke off the carpet. I looked at him and I said, don't you feel sorry for me? I'm about the Father's business and it's an honor to serve him. That... It's not about me, church. It's about him. And that's the attitude he wants within every single one of us. Folks, we're, we've got this serving thing all wrong. We think it's bad. God says, oh, no, it is good, good, good. 
We think serving is below us or beneath us. God says, no, it is honorable. We think that serving takes away from us. It's going to take our money and our time and our energy. God says, no, it will not take away from you. It will add to you. It'll add to your life. Look what Mark 9.35 says. And he sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Matthew 25, 21, he says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. I will add to you. I will give to you. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That don't sound bad to me. I have the awesome privilege of working alongside a pastor, Pastor Brian. Every time I'm around that guy, I'm always reminded it's not done. There's always more to do. I've never seen a pastor that dreams and visions more than him. It's like God never quits talking to him. He must talk to him in his sleep. But I love it, and I hope he never stops dreaming the vision that God gave, has given him, never should stop, and I pray that it never will. For us to see God do what he wants done is going to take a lot of people serving him. Now, I'm thankful for these 75 years that God has given us, and I'm really excited about this next month. But let me tell you something. This is not about going and living in the past. I've been in some of that past, and I love it, and I thank God for it. But I'm telling you what, when I see what God's got yet to do, I don't want to go back. So here's my prayer. My prayer is that the month of September, the 75th celebration of Bethany, we're going to look back only to jump on the springboard and get ahead to the future. Now, I'm winding down, round and third, coming home, so if your stomach's growling, it won't be much longer. I got a question I want to ask you. Will you join the ranks of those who will serve? Don't wait to be asked. Volunteer. Talk to one of our, us pastors. Talk to one of the staff. Call the church office. Say, God's just stirring in my heart. I want to serve. We don't want to just shove you in some place to have you serve. We want to find out what makes you pop, what, what makes you come alive. And we want to get you in those areas serving because you'll never know what burnout is. Talked with a guy uh, before church started, and he, he, he's got a job, and he, ma he made this comment. He says, I love what I do. And I said, yippee, because I love what I do. And when you love what you do, it takes the work out of it. It fuels you. It doesn't drain you. It give, keeps you going. It doesn't stop you. Don't wait to be asked. Volunteer. Call the church. Approach a pastor. Talk with a staff person. Hey, I want to serve. Where can I serve? Now, I want to I close with... Um, um, with three attitudes that I have picked up from the scriptures 
about serving. It's found in Philippians chapter 2. Jesus, Paul says that, Jesus, that we as the church need to put on this attitude that Jesus had. He didn't consider himself equal with God, but put, took upon himself the form of a servant. Took upon himself the form of a man. And there's three things that, that, that stood out to me in that passage that are the attitudes, that are the, the practices of a real servant of God. I think about Jesus when he washed the disciples' feet. You ever wonder what that was like? I stopped wondering after it happened to me. I remember it. I was pastoring the church plant in Portland. And one day I'm minding my own business and I'm working on my message and all of a sudden God says, this Sunday I want you to wash the feet of your board members. And I said, you got to be kidding me. Devil, get out of here. But it kept coming back and it got stronger and stronger. And I was thinking about Ron, I was thinking about how, 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 how humiliating, how humbling that would be to wash somebody's feet and a guy to boot. But it kept coming and it kept coming. So, so I got on the phone and I called my board members. I had three of them. And I was really shocked at the response because when I asked the question, would you allow me to wash your feet? There was dead silence on the other end. And I'm thinking, what's the matter with you? It's me that's doing it. And all of a sudden, God taught me something. Sometimes it's just as hard to receive the serving as it is to be served. How many of you found that to be so? Yeah. I'd much rather serve somebody than to be served. But the first attitude that I find is that Jesus said, if you're going to be a real servant, then you've got to have an, a selfless attitude. Now, follow me. Selfless doesn't mean I think less of myself. Ooh, catch this one. You don't think less of yourself. You think of yourself less. Did you catch that? It's not that I put myself down. It's not that I think I'm so lowly. No, no. I just think less about Ron, and I think more about others. And Jesus said, if you want to be a servant of mine, you got to get your eyes off you and get them on others. Wow, that's pretty good. So a selfless attitude. The second thing that I, I find in that passage is that Jesus is indicating that we need a, a submissive attitude. Notice Jesus was submitting to his father when he washed those disciples' feet. He wasn't lording over them. He was on his knees serving them. You know, I, I find it really interesting that, that he's master and I'm servant. But there's times where I feel like I need to tell him that really here's what we need to do, Lord. 
And Jesus was trying to help us to understand that you don't tell, the, the, the servant doesn't tell the master what to do. The master instructs the servant what to do. So an attitude of submissiveness is really critical. And do you know what? I really feel like the Lord just dropped this on my heart. And, and I don't say this in any kind of a, a downgrading way at all. I, I say it to, come on, let's, 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 let's raise the bar. Let's pick it up. And here it is. Remember how we talked about some people find it, don't serve because they find it hard to fully follow? Let me just throw out a suggestion to you. You go to the Lord and you ask him about it. Maybe it's hard for you to follow because it's hard for you to submit. And I'm going to tell you something. This is the only place in life I've ever found this to be true. When I submit, when I surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, I win. Every time, I win. Let me give you the last one. The last attitude that I see in what Jesus is telling us in Philippians through Paul is that there's got to be in a true servant a heart, an attitude of heart. Here's the incredible thing. When I serve because I love Jesus with all my heart, I can't explain it to you. I don't know how it happens. All I know is it happens. Somehow, something from the Lord Jesus comes back to me in the midst of my serving and it touches my heart and I'm richer and I'm better and I'm stronger and I'm more encouraged because I've given from my heart. It boomerangs and comes back and feeds my heart. That's why there can never be burnout when you're truly serving the Lord. I'm inviting you to come on the most incredibly exciting, abundant life journey you can ever take. And that's to get on your knees and serve. Nothing's too dirty, nothing's too costly. And you want to see God do what he wants to do through Bethany and in this community that literally will have an impact around the world, then come and join the ranks and let's see it happen. Let's help make it happen because we're partners. And here's how that, what that partnership looks like. We can't without him and he won't without us. Join me. Let's be servants together. Let's pray every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you've been sitting there the whole time thinking, Pastor Ron, I, I would love to be a servant of Jesus, but I'm, I'm not so sure I even know him that well. Well, we can take care of that right now. All it takes is a prayer. That's all it takes. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, when you were ministering the word, something spoke and was stirring inside of me. I want to get to know him better. 
I want you to raise your hand because I want to I include you in this closing prayer. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? I want to get to know this Jesus. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'm going to ask us to do something. It really doesn't matter where you've been. It matters where you're going. As we've ministered the word this morning, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. Maybe you serve, but you've gotten weary of serving or somebody's hurt you and you've stopped serving. And God's saying, come on. Maybe you've never really made that commitment, that choice to serve, to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you say today, I want to join the ranks. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm in. Then while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'm going to ask you to stand right where you're sitting. I want you to just stand. If God's, God's stirring within you to be a, a greater servant of his, because I want to pray over you. Would you do that right now? Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the joy and the beauty of serving. I pray, Lord, that you will call from this congregation an army of people that are so in love with Jesus, that are so desirous to see the lost reached, the sick healed, the broken restored and mended, that they will join the ranks and they will continue in the ranks of those who are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, you need us because we become your hands and your feet. May we respond with, here am I. Use me, I pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen.